0: Oh God, we thank you. Thank you for a moment to pause, to draw our attention to you, to open our hearts wider to your grace. Oh God, we we give thanks for the gift of this day of this community of love and acceptance and welcome. We ask, oh God, that you help each of us and collectively to hear the word that is for us to hear this day. For you are a God who is still speaking and we listen. We're listening. Amen. So I'd like to start off with a multiple-choice question. Did Jesus tell more parables about A, forgiveness, B, money, C, sex and relationships, D, love? All right, think about that. Multiple-choice question. Well, it turns out, and it surprised me when I first realized this, but it turns out that most of Jesus' parables have to do with money. Now, why is that? It's not certainly because money is the most important thing. It's because, I think, how we use money can tell us a thing or two about our souls. And so I think it is so good to once in a while stop and think about how it is that we see money and use money in our lives. Do we deal with the stress of not having enough of it? Or maybe we're in a place where we don't have to worry about that. Maybe we're somewhere in between. Regardless of the answer to those questions, do we feel we need to get more of it? And what does that cost us? And is money something that's Easy or hard for you to talk about in your family? Does it make you even nervous that I'm standing up here talking about it? Do we approach money as something that God asks us to use for good? And when we use it, do we see it as a part of the way we we live and practice our faith? It's kind of like the old saying from Thornton Wilder, money is a lot like manure. It's not worth a thing unless you spread it around. (laughs) Or like one of my other favorite quotes from Maya Angelou, you can see it on the um, front of the um, bulletin here. When we cast our bread upon the waters, we can presume that someone downstream whose face we will never know will benefit from our action as we who are downstream from another will profit from the grantor's gift. I love that. So Angelou is reminding us what our scriptures tell us that life is a gift. It is in God in whom we live and move and have our being. Now I'm quite sure, I would would bet some money on this, that you, like me, have been in awe at the beauty of this fall. Maybe you were going for a walk or maybe you were driving down the highway and there was a stand of yellows and oranges and reds that took your breath away or maybe as i was doing uh, one day i was going down the road and there was this scarlet maple and with the bright blue sky behind it it just it made me say thank you thank you god none of us made that beauty happen and so i hope that you have felt the beauty of this fall as a gift we work hard yes we earn we create but in the end all of us are here because of god's grace and that's the message in both of our scriptures today that god isn't stingy that God's love and embrace is extravagant and that we can ground ourselves in amazing grace. And when when we do, right, it is it's so easy to give. Because remember, we are all receivers, certainly. And we are all givers. And this grace, this, this giving and receiving, I just love it because it's like breathing. It is part of our life of faith. And it's not hard to do at all, to be a part of that rhythm. Angelou reminds us that when we cast our bread on the waters, we can do so with joy because even though we don't know exactly who that gift may bless, we can trust that it will be grace for someone else. As a church this year, I truly believe that we have played a part of God's grace in action. And I am so thrilled because I was able to um, capture a lot of photos of that and so we're going to share them a little bit later in the service. So I want to just kind of get down to like a little bit of practical practical questions and for some of you um, if this is you know one of your first times coming to a church typically in a, in a church's life there's a time usually it's in fall around um, November and Thanksgiving, where a church um, starts to reach out to its members and friends and invite people to make a giving commitment, or we call it a pledge, um, for the year ahead, which then helps us as we gather those giving commitments, um, which can be changed if your circumstances change, helps us then form a budget which helps us be able to carefully steward those gifts and use them wisely in the year ahead. And so this is the time of the year when many of us start thinking about um, how much to give. And and so even with like Black Friday and what's the Cyber Monday and then Giving Tuesday, right? You know? Um, so, Giving Tuesday, so this is Giving Sunday. Um, so, we start to think about, like, how much, how much do I give? And how much, how much will I um, seek to give in 2023? And that's one reason why I'm talking about it today. When I think about the question, how much do I give, part of it has to do with exercising the muscle of trust. Part of it has to do with honestly asking how much do I need to live on, and how does sharing play, a pick, play, uh, play into the picture of my life in that way? So recently, I was struck by the question um, could I live on 90% of my yearly income? And what would it be like and how could the other 10% be grace for someone else and in the world around us? Now, for some of us dealing with credit card debt, this may seem like a really challenging question, but I believe that truly with the Spirit's help and in the practice of faith and generosity, um, we can, as Christians, work through work through debt, and our faith can help us as we seek to manage the resources that are entrusted to us. And so if there are any of you who would be interested in uh, like a series, a small group, um, about dealing with like the managing of finances and dealing with debt and um, um, coming to a healthier place so that generosity can be a part more easily and freely a part of life, um, please let me know and we would be happy to offer a small group um, for that. So could I live on 90% of my income or how might I prayerfully explore that? So some of you are in this place in your giving right now, and I would love to hear more about what that is like for you. For others of you who aren't, here is my challenge. What if we decided, you decided to give 5% of your income this year, in the first three months of the year, like you decide to give 5% of your income for January, February and March, two and a half percent to the church and two and a half percent to other organizations, other special offerings like the Samaritan Fund that we have here that helps people with oil. And I cannot tell you how many calls we have had for help with oil and wood this week. So you pick the number. I'm just doing an example. But you decide for January, February and March, perhaps, I want to give this percentage. And it is a bigger percentage, perhaps, than what you have before. And you try it. And if you need to change it, then it's easy to change. You just contact the church office. Um, Yes, you or me, might have to buy less coffees at Starbucks. (laughs) Or instead of buying something, we might fix something. Or maybe we don't necessarily buy something that we don't necessarily need. But truly, I think you will be surprised how much joy it brings and how easy it is. As you evaluate what you need and as we exercise the muscle of trust how when we open our hands that grace and love can just flow through us and it brings grace to someone else but it will be grace to you I am sure because collectively as a church, we can do so much more than we can together, than apart. Um, So I just want to share uh, one story about the ways that our gifts together have been a sign of grace. Last spring, we started asking the question, how can we be a blessing to our community as we have been in the pandemic for so long and as hopefully we're coming to a new place with it and so seven folks jim b dave w al a marion w karen g nikki p and amy e we all started meeting and we decided we were going to offer some free concerts and as a church what we really wanted to do was just help people come together after this long haul of the pandemic and we decided our concerts would be free and then Toots Ice Cream helped us by giving us free ice cream and we would offer free ice cream and we would share the joy of music like bluegrass or the amazing new moon drumming and dance or ragtime jazz virtuosity and all of it we hoped would be like a like a glimmer of grace or a chance to f- find community to have some joy and delight that only music can bring and it was all of those things and war so on the evening of the adam swanson concert I was up in my office right over there, checking a last-minute email, and I noticed a van pull up and park right over there in the handicapped parking lot, maybe like an hour before the concert was supposed to start. And I was like, huh, I wonder why they're there so early. But I didn't think too much about it. I went in the sanctuary. I was trying to help everything get get set up. Um, Then finally, about 20 minutes before the concert, The door opened, and up the elevator came a a family of three people. And it was a young man in his 20s in a wheelchair and his parents. And Adam Swanson, who is the pianist who came, lives in Colorado. And he's had played numerous places like the Kennedy Center and Carnegie Hall. But he's super down to earth. And he was standing right over there, setting up his CDs, getting ready. And the young man in the wheelchair seemed to be in, like, awe. And the three of them, the parents and he, explained that they had traveled all the way from New Hampshire, where they had heard Adam was going to be playing at the Congregational Church in Cumberland. And so they, they drove over. And the young man, who has cerebral palsy, Um, had found Adam on YouTube one day, and now every Sunday evening, faithfully, because Adam offers a um, live stream concert at 6 p.m., listens to his concert every week, and he is like one of his like biggest fans. And it was abundantly clear that he and his parents were like over the moon that they could come here to our church for free and see Adam Swanson play. Now for the rest of us who hadn't ever heard Adam before, in a few minutes we could see why. Because as soon as his fingers hit the keys, his foot was pounding and he was playing, and it was like all of us, our jaws dropped, and we were like, oh, it was amazing. But the true highlight of the evening for me was watching this young man who was seated right there in the front row, and he was clapping, and he was swaying, and he would like sometimes audibly like almost like cheer and his joy was infectious and after the concert they stayed as long as they could here's adam Um, and it truly was a moment of grace that we collectively as a church could share When we ground ourselves in God's amazing grace, and with prayer we cast our bread upon the waters and give with generosity and joy, with God we can become a sign of grace upon grace. Alleluia. Amen.